I love DraftKings. DraftKings, DraftKings, DraftKings. Get in my belly. DraftKings, DraftKings. DraftKings. No, I'm talking, it's kind of like the uh, Anchorman with Scotch. But I do love DraftKings. Look, take your shot this week. Why not? At big cash prizes with basketball contests every day or take a swing at golf, hockey, and more every week. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Get closer to the sports you love when you play daily fantasy sports with DraftKings. And don't forget, there's still football going on with XFL action this weekend. Plus, when you join DraftKings today, you can play free for over $100,000 in prizes with your first deposit. Get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code FEAST during sign-up and get a free shot at over $100,000 in prizes with your first deposit. Don't forget, that's code FEAST. Get a free shot at over $100,000 in prizes with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. He is Joe Dolan, number one ranked fantasy analyst in the world over the last, what is it, five, six years, Joe, according to the dudes over at Fantasy Pros at FG underscore Dolan and he's awesome on this show again at FG underscore Dolan is his Twitter handle I'm Ross Tucker former NFL offensive lineman five teams seven years now five podcasts even money as well as the Ross Tucker football podcast of course and the college draft podcast Andrew Brandt kicks serious butt on the Business of Sports podcast. If you're into the CBA stuff at all, absolutely listen to his Business of Sports podcast from last night. We are recording this a little bit earlier this week, which is nice. And we are joined once again by the awesome, and I mean awesome, Michelle Majuk. And yes, we're going to play the audio that I know you want momentarily i need to make sure you already listened to her ball blast podcast and i need to make sure you know all about butcher box get in my belly i love butcher box yum 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 here's the deal this is basically like my entire diet butcher box it's awesome it's 100 grass-fed finished beef free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, wild-caught salmon. You know how hard it is to find that kind of stuff at the grocery store. Really hard. And even if you do, it's crazy how expensive it is. Not ButcherBox. 
They'll ship you a curated selection of high-quality meats right to your house. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, good enough for 24 individual meals, packed fresh, fresh, shipped frozen, vacuum sealed, so it stays that way. It is the best meat shipped right to my door I've ever had by a lot. And right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. Kind of like spicy mustard for life. It's ground beef for life. Two two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription plus $20 off their first box. Go to butcherbox.com slash feast or enter promo code feast at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash feast or enter promo code feast at checkout. All right. So, Michelle, everybody knows who you are now after last week. You were amazing because you are amazing. The Ball Blast podcast is amazing. But we promised people that didn't want to go back and try to find the episode that we would play the audio from last year when I had you guys on the show for the first time and had no idea about the nature of your relationship. I'm just going to let the audio do the talking. This is from a year ago here on the Fantasy Feast podcast with Kate and Michelle Majuk. That's all I knew about them at that point. So where, where in Pittsburgh did you guys grow up? So we uh, actually didn't grow up here. We moved here a couple of years ago. We're right in the city of Pittsburgh now. We love it. But I grew up in central New York, and Kate grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah, shout out to my dirty 330. I think we're the most dangerous <laughs> city in, in the entire state of Ohio. Not so wait a minute. You, are you guys not sisters? No. No, we're wives. We're oh. coming up on our one-year anniversary, so... Shout out to that. We're very excited. We've accomplished a lot in our first year of marriage. Yeah, a lot of people think we're sisters, so we get that a lot. Um, Holy cow. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So Power couple, Ross. <laughs> that is unbelievable. So you you both happen to marry these two guys, and both of their wives end up loving fantasy football to the point where wait, they want to have... Ross. Confused? <laughs> We're married together. We're married to each other. Oh my gosh! Totally. I know. Confused. We just rolled that ball so far, and guess what? I feel like the end result result is even cooler than any of your ideas. I, no, I, you I, know I'm what? Wondering it, it, if your listeners got that or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> but for some reason, when I, in my head, I'm thinking. Ma Juke, I'm thinking you both moved to Pittsburgh for these. Like, I, I was totally confused. That is, that's okay. Well, now I know. That's awesome. Is that, that how you guys really met? Cool story, did you guys, <laughs> we, should go did you get... yeah, we should go with that story for now. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know, Michelle, if the listeners could hear me or not while we were playing that audio, but listening to that back, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> That I was crying. And, you know, I'm a multitasker. And I, I got to think that I was not paying attention as closely as I should have. I didn't even realize said, that we said it was our anniversary. We said we were a power couple. Like, <laughs> no, like, honestly, not understanding it. 
Yeah, yeah. I clearly, I clearly, like, I don't know if something my audio cut out or like, because at, at first I get it. And I wasn't overly familiar with the term, like, wives, like the way you said it. Like, I wasn't thinking, but when you said anniversary and power couple, like, and for me to still, like, like, I guess my head, like, you guys must have been talking and I must have already been thinking something else in my head and like totally not been paying attention that is like that is unbelievable that is like saturday night live political like pipi politically incorrect private investigator like that is amazing that might be the most hilarious thing that's ever happened on any of my shows and i didn't really that's the third time we played it back and that's the first time i was like dude how did you not get that people still bring it up to this day they always are like you guys are sisters right because they're just making fun of you but they they always bring up that moment in this podcast well it it was funny uh you were awesome last week excited to dive in again this week same all right this week as discussed we're going to dive into some second year wide receivers that we have our eyes on for this season Joe, we'll start with two that really caught your eye that you wanted to focus in on. The first one had surgery recently. Deontay Johnson from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this is a guy who I think they compared him uh, essentially stylistically to Antonio Brown when he came out of Toledo, coming out of a Mac school. He was a little bit of an older prospect. Uh, I think he played his rookie season at age 23, but he had a really nice year and, and frankly with bad quarterback play. 59 catches, 680 yards, he scored five touchdowns. And you have to look at this entire Steeler passing offense as one that never was able to get off on the right foot. Ben Roethlisberger was playing hurt in weeks one and two. They ended up shutting him down for the year. Mason Rudolph was not very good. Duck Hodges was abysmal. And he still managed to put up some decent numbers. Juju Smith-Schuster obviously had a horrifically bad season with the injuries and the quarterback situation. But I think Deontay Johnson in a year that was really good for rookie rookie wide receivers. We're going to be talking about a bunch of them here on this podcast. Second year guys heading into 2020. I think Deontay Johnson might have the tendency to slip through the cracks a little bit when we're, we're going to be talking about a guy like Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel and other guys who are going to be really highly valued. I think for fantasy, I wonder if Deontay Johnson is going to be somebody who slips through the cracks, especially if we get good news on the health of Ben Roethlisberger. This could be a guy who in the very near future is catching 75, 80 passes a year. I mean, 59 catches for a rookie third round draft pick. That's a really good sign for the future. Michelle, you probably live right near him in Pittsburgh there. What do you think about Deontay Johnson? I just, I love that you brought up Deontay Johnson. Clearly, he is my boy being a Pittsburgh Steeler. He uh, led the league in receptions for a rookie, and he is totally a B 2.0. I love that you brought that up. He was the only thing exciting about this offense this year um, in Pittsburgh. And like you said, he was playing with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. I don't know what really else you wanted him to do as a rookie. I think going on, you know, next year people will be pleasantly surprised when they draft him late, uh, late in drafts. The other guy that you wanted to talk about, Joe, is Terry McLaurin. Who, wow, what a year he had! Yeah, and and the thing I, that I'm a little concerned about with Terry McLaurin is. 
how much do we know about Dwayne Haskins? And I think Dwayne Haskins was a guy who I thought was in a tough spot because you knew when they drafted him that it was a lame duck coaching staff, whether you like Jay Gruden or not. And I think Jay Gruden's a better coach than people think he is um, uh, he, working for that toxic organization in Washington. I thought he was in a position where they could get a high draft pick and maybe move on from Dwayne Haskins, just like the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen. It doesn't appear that's going to happen, even though they have the second draft pick, because I think Haskins probably showed enough uh, for for Washington to go into 2020 with him as the starting quarterback. But you look at the numbers. He completed 58 percent of his passes, seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. He averaged just 151 uh, yards yards a game. Uh, I thought I thought he acquitted himself pretty well. But my question is, is he going to be overdrafted because we're projecting him and Haskins to get better? I'm not really sure how I feel about McLaurin heading into 2020. And it has nothing to do with him because he had a super effective rookie season. I'm just wondering if there's going to be a little bit too much of faith in Dwayne Haskins. I'm not 100 percent certain in Dwayne Haskins' future just yet after only seven starts as a rookie. So I am one that loves Terry McLaurin. He is my rookie wide receiver, too, um, for fantasy next year uh, for, like, second-year guys. And, you know, it can't get worse, right? The Redskins' offense, they were 32 in points, 32nd out of 32 in passing yards. So I'm just thinking, like, it can't get worse. It has to get somewhat better. And he was already so good his rookie year, over 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, in the seven games with Haskins, at least he was on a pace for uh, 1,054 yards and five touchdowns. That's promising. I'm with you here that I don't trust Dwayne Haskins to take that next step forward. Like I, I don't want to put all my faith in that, but I am putting my faith in Terry McLaurin's talent and think that he can at least get better and the offense can't get worse, right? Right? Make me feel better there. I, I'm not sure it can get worse, no. Uh, I, I would say... Haskins, like, I don't want to bury the guy. Like, this is not what I'm saying. I actually thought he played better because I didn't love him as a prospect. I actually thought he played better than I expected. But I'm still just a little leery on on how good he's going to be. And I wonder if that hurts McLaren. I think McLaren, for me, is going to be entirely ADP-based, whether I'm going to be investing or not. I totally agree with that. All right. More second-year receivers. But these are more from Michelle. And we'll start with DK Metcalf. Okay. I'm going to try to contain my excitement and keep this somewhat short because DK Metcalf is just the guy I'm going to be talking about all offseason. 900 yards, seven touchdowns this year with Seattle in his rookie year. He had 10 games in the regular season, over 50 receiving yards, and added two more to that in the off or in the postseason. He led all rookie wide receivers and targets with 97 targets. That is the most targeted rookie wide receiver since 2016, and that was Michael Thomas. My favorite part about DK Metcalf is that he had no crazy outliers that he can't sustain going into next year, right? Like his yards per reception were 15 and a half yards, and I think he can keep that up because his yards after catch was very average at 4.8. That's not an outlier. It's averaged up the target 13 yards. I mean, it's higher, but not crazy. And he's connected to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is not human. He's just Superman. Uh, and Wilson in 2019, you know, he was third in passing touchdowns, six in passing yards, second in average depth of target. 
He loved passing to inside the end zone. He was first among all quarterbacks in that area with 59 attempts. The average is 30. He doubled the attempts of passing attempts in, into the end zone. He loved DK Metcalf in the end zone. DK actually led the league in end zone targets at 18. The next closest for Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay at 14. DK Metcalf in his rookie season had four more end zone targets. That is awesome. Four more end zone targets than Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay. And I know you might be thinking, okay, well, what about Tyler Lockett there? That might hurt his ability to become a top 10 wide receiver next year. But he only had 11 less targets, 157 less yards, and one less touchdown than Tyler Lockett in his rookie year. I think that's a great sign for his future. And come on, he ran a 4-3-3 at like 900. <laughs> like he's a massive dude. And that's just not fair. His catch radius is not fair. I mean, I think it's the marriage of of wide receiver and quarterback here that I think is the thing that stands out the most to me. Um, I, now, I think DK Metcalf probably would have had some level of success in just about any offense that needed his speed. But Russell Wilson's the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. I think that's uh, actually I, maybe in, aside from his play extension ability, it might be his defining trait. He just throws a really accurate deep ball. You know, we we have passers in the league who maybe I mean I, Wilson's a great thrower, but I would think he's probably more on the on the good side in the short to intermediate area, but he just becomes a different beast on the deep ball. And DK Metcalf's the perfect wide receiver for that. So I think that quarterback receiver marriage is what makes this special. And that's why I'm trusting somebody like Metcalf more than Terry McLaurin in 2020, just because I trust that relationship more than I trust Terry McLaurin's relationship with, with Dwayne Haskins. I, I, and I think that's fair because we have a bigger sample size on Russell Wilson. One of the other guys on your list Michelle to get into is Debo Samuel. Wow, what a great year it was for rookie receivers as we just go through all these <laughs> names. And I have a feeling Kyle Shanahan is just going to keep using him and featuring him next year. So my thing I want to talk about Debo Samuel isn't actually that I like him for fantasy. It's the opposite. I am Ooh. staying away from him uh, moving forward. He had a great rookie season and he looks to be he looks like he's going to be a great NFL wide receiver. He had 802 yards this year, three touchdowns. But the thing that's the thing we need to look into is his yards per reception. It was definitely skewed by his yards after catch per reception. I mean, he was third in the league with the highest yards after catch per reception at 8.5 yards. That is not a stat that is consistent and it's very hard to sustain. Uh, like when we look at guys from 2018 to 2019, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill were all like leading in that area last year. DJ Moore went from 7.9 yards to 4.5 yards. Cooper Cup went from 7.6 to 5.8. Tyreek Hill also went down a full yards um, after catch per reception. It's just not something that we can count on. And if you just move Debo Samuel's yards per catch, um, yards after catch per reception down to a very, very respectable five yards, that would have put him at 602 yards this year instead of the 802. That's a lot to make up next season if you're depending on him and you have to hope his targets go way up. And I just don't know if that's going to happen with George Kittle there. Uh, George Kittle is the man that gets targeted in that offense. There was no San Fran wide receiver that got close to 100 targets. 
And Debo had his two best games when George Kittle was out with an injury. Um, he had his 11-target game and 10-target game with his two games over 100 yards when George Kittle was out. So what happens if he plays? You know, George Kittle's healthy all next year. That's a concern for me. I think Debo's going to be an awesome NFL wide receiver, just not so much fantasy wide receiver. Oh, Ross, this is good because we can completely disagree on this one. I am all in on Debo next year. And here's the thing I have to point out. By the way, all those points are extremely valid. But what was the one thing that we noted about Debo when he was coming out of college? He's awesome after the catch. And Kyle Shanahan knew it. And he knew it not just by giving him the ball in a position where he he can create yards after the catch. But how about the fact that he had at least one carry in eight consecutive games to end the season. He had rushing touchdowns in the final two regular season games. He had at least 20 rushing yards in six of those eight games to end the season. And my point here is, I don't know why that isn't sustainable because Kyle Shanahan is so good at putting the ball in the hands of players in a place where they can succeed. And he knows Debo Samuel's a wide receiver. He caught uh, he caught 57 passes as a rookie. OK, that's a good number for a rookie. As a matter of fact, it was close to leading all rookie wide receivers. But the fact of the matter that Debo Samuel was used as a runner and they used him that way in the playoffs and they. By the way, the easiest prop bet I hit in the Super Bowl was Debo Samuel's over rushing yards because he hit it on his first carry. I think it was like 16 and a half and he got a 32 yarder on his first rush. (laughs) That is not going to change. And look, I know three carries for 53 yards. Okay, that's not winning you a week, but 5.3 points even in a PPR. That's significant. Getting an extra two points here and there in a PPR is significant. They'll use them in the red zone. This is a guy who I think is unique, and I think – and here's the key. He has the right coach. If Percy Harvin had Kyle Shanahan, maybe we'd be talking about Percy Harvin as a far better football player than we remember him as today because this is a coach who knows how to use Debo Samuel. I love this guy. Michelle, I – I I, I, respe- I totally respect all the opinions, but I hope you're in a lot of drafts with me because I will take the Debo that you will not. And I'll be very happy that you take him because it'll leave other guys <laughs> for me. I I, know, I get what you're saying here with the rushing yards, but if you go look at wide receivers from year to year, their rushing attempts normally stay about the same because they're using that way. But what changes from year to year are those rushing yards. I mean, it's so you could not, that's not a sticky stat at all because they can have the same amount of rushing attempts, but their yards could go way down just based on what happens on that play. You can either break one off or you're not going to, but there's a lot of plays that Debo Samuel just broke off. And maybe under Kyle Shanahan, like you said, in a system so great, maybe that continues to happen, but that's not a guy I want to draft and hope that he breaks off runs as a wide receiver. All right, before I get to the next one and have to separate you two into your corners, how about I tell you about Manscaped? the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Those of you that have been listening to the show for a while know that I've had multiple unforced errors in my manscaping career, but that was before I found out about the perfect tools for your family, Jules. That was before Manscaped forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. It comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Just gave my brother-in-law the Lawnmower 2.0 because I got the 3.0, so here you go. Here's a 2.0. It wasn't used. It was brand new. 
waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Here's the deal. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code FEAST. I'm telling you, your partner, your body, and your balls will thank you. Manscaped.com. Use code FEAST. How about A.J. Brown, Michelle? He's another guy you had on your list. Do we like him or not next year? (laughs) So he's another guy that I want to just tell people to like relax on the hype. He is also fantastic. And if I could get A.J. Brown in fantasy drafts a little bit lower where he's going right now, I would be excited. But he is getting so much hype and he's going to be taken so early in redraft next season. And he's already going insanely early in dynasty leagues. He had over a 1,000 yards as a rookie and eight touchdowns. I get how that looks enticing, but he's also one of those guys that did most of it with yards after catch. His yards per reception was at 20.2 yards. That is not sustainable. There's only been two guys in the last 10 years that was over that 20-yard mark per reception, and that was Mike Wallace in 2010. That very next year, he went down to 16.6 yards per reception. And then Deshaun Jackson has done it twice, over 20 yards per reception. The rest of his seasons have been in that 14 to 18 yard per reception area. And I don't think A.J. Brown and Deshaun Jackson are even close to the same player. Because, you know, A.J. Brown's doing it all with yards after catch. I already talked about that. That's not a sticky stat. And even if he's good in that area, it's just there's a lot of guys that are good in that area that go up and down in that stat line all the time. That's not something I want to rely on. And one last part I want to hit on A.J. Brown here is he did most of his work against bottom half defenses. So he played eight games versus the bottom half pass defenses. In those eight games, he was on a pace for 1,576 yards and 14 touchdowns. The eight games that he played the top half pass defenses in the league, he was on pace for 526 yards and two touchdowns. So he did his work against very bad, uh, you know, pass defenses. I just, I think he's being too overhyped. This is one of those guys where I'm, it's it's entirely ADP uh, base for me, just like Terry McLaurin, because I really like AJ Brown. But if he's going to be a second or third round pick, I actually saw him go in the first round in a best ball draft, which is utterly absurd to me. Um, mm. He's a really, really special player. Uh, I don't deny that. But I do expect Ryan Tannehill to be back here in Tennessee. And believe me, Ryan Tannehill had a great season, including throwing the deep ball really well. And that was a big problem for him in Miami. I'm wondering, though, if that was more of an outlier for Ryan Tannehill. And he was super hyper-efficient. This was a team that was built around Derrick Henry in the run game. I expect Derrick Henry to be back with the Titans, just like I expect Ryan Tannehill to be back with the Titans. I think they're going to try to replicate the same exact type of approach that got them to the AFC Championship game. But Michelle's been using the word sticky. I'm wondering how sticky that approach is. I'm wondering if Ryan Tannehill's going to have the same kind of season. I'm just a little bit concerned about that. So I agree he might be a little too expensive. Yeah, and we've seen A.J. Brown just disappear in games, especially in the playoffs. Where was he? In two games, he had less than 10 yards. He he is a guy that's going to be completely boom or bust. And you, of course... 
you always need those guys to win you weeks because he can win you a week, but he's going way too early in drafts. Last one, Michelle, your sleeper, Steve Sims, Steven Sims. Yes. So we just talked about Terry McLaurin. Steven Sims is the other rookie on the Washington Redskins. He was an undrafted free agent, played in an absolutely terrible, terrible offense in college, but he was the main guy there. Like he was the guy they used in college um, on that offense. So he didn't really get to play much this year until week 14 when Trey Quinn, their, their usual starting slot guy, got hurt. And he didn't put up insane numbers, but his target share was fantastic. So weeks 14 through 17, seven targets, 11 targets, 10 targets, eight targets, added four touchdowns during this span. And it actually made Dwayne Haskins better. Now, maybe this is a huge coincidence, but once Sims got to actually play in these games, Haskins completion percentage went up, touchdowns went up, quarterback rating went up, and his interceptions went down. Now, maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe Haskins was just getting more comfortable in the game. Maybe Steven Sims was that safety blanket for him. Uh, and then really quickly, I would just want to bring up that over the last four weeks, that was the span he got to play. He had the third most targets out of the slot in the league. The other guys in that category were Jamison Crowder, Julian Edelman, Golden Tate, and Michael Thomas. And he had the seventh most total targets in the league during this span as well. And that is 25% of the season. So four weeks might not seem like a lot, but that's a fourth of the season. It's really interesting to compare him to these other guys um, that were getting the same amount of targets during that time. Once again, Michelle, this was fantastic. I knew it would be. Love talking to second-year wide receivers. Love you and Joe going at it a little bit. And I love Bespoke Post. What's Bespoke Post? Don't worry about it. Just make sure you know all about BoxOfAwesome.com. Just got this from my nephew who turned 11 and he loved it. I gave him a weekender bag from boxofawesome.com. You know, he's 11. He's in fourth grade, so he's starting to go on sleepovers and stuff. So I got him an awesome weekender bag. He was so pumped. He was so pumped. And it's even better for you guys. It's like real leather, the weekender bag. You should see the uh, dob kit, toiletry kit, whatever you call it. Awesome, awesome stuff. Every month. Here's how you do it, right? To get started, you take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Then your answers help them pick the right box of awesome for you. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code FEAST at checkout. Those are my two favorite. There's a lot of other ones, you know, for like if you're into whiskey and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, the Weekender bag, the Dob kit or toiletry kit, whatever you call it, awesome. That's boxofawesome.com, code FEAST for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code FEAST. Absolutely love it. Just like I love the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast. We will be back next week with yet another awesome guest. Michelle was fantastic back-to-back weeks. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to her as much as I did. That was that was impressive. Whew. She definitely does her research, that's for sure. She was ready 
ready to rock and roll. We'll see. I'm especially curious about Debo Samuel. Other than that, you guys know tomorrow we'll have Andrew Brandt on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast as well as the Even Money Podcast with some AFC win total early looks, which is always a fun show. Other than that, I am totally stuffed, done, finished. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. You know, one last thing I want to mention uh, before signing off, BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I told you that tomorrow we'll have the Even Money podcast and that Steve Fezzik and I went ahead and did the AFC season win totals, our first looks at them. So you can listen to that tomorrow and then go right to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, and get the 50% welcome bonus. That's It's that easy. You just listen to us on the Even Money podcast. We typically win you money. And lots of it. You go to betonline.ag. You use the promo code podcast one. You get a 50% welcome bonus. And then you place your bets and you win because you followed our bets. It's that easy. Betonline.ag. Promo code podcast one.